All right, let's talk about this uh, chapter one of the DC Universe, Gods and Monsters. Now, this isn't the whole thing because they didn't announce the whole thing. They just uh, announced a good chunk of it. Uh, James Gunn said this isn't all of it. And side note, for this part, it's just going to be me talking about it because me and Ian recorded uh, us talking about The Last of Us Episode 3, but we didn't. I didn't put the episode out or anything till now because I was waiting for the James Gunn stuff to come out because I figured I'd pair it with it and uh, just do the episode that way. But Ian went on a trip, so he's gone, so he's not here to talk about that stuff. So it's just going to be me for this part. But once we get to the Last of Us uh, Episode 3, it'll be me and him talking about it. So... Uh, yeah, let's go over this. Uh, we got a bunch of TV shows and movies announced. We got Booster Gold, which I think he's a great choice to have his own HBO series. I think that's cool. I like Booster Gold. He's a very cool character. Uh, and I, I think he could, uh, he could definitely thrive if they, if they do it right. We don't have like any details on it at all. Uh, I said in my video, I think Channing Tatum would be a great choice for Booster Gold. And I still believe that. I think that he really like carries the energy that you need for Booster Gold. So, uh, but who knows? Maybe they want to go with someone younger. Cause I think Chang Tam's like, what is he like in his mid or late thirties or something now? Uh, but yeah, I, but also he's a movie star, so he won't look like he's in his late thirties till he's like 55. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we got a Swamp Thing movie, which apparently James Mangold, uh, I believe teased that he would be interesting, uh, interested in. And, uh, also Hollywood Reporter, I'm looking at it now. Hollywood Reporter did a, um, article saying that apparently not only did he tease it, but they have sources saying that he is in talks to direct the Swamp Thing movie. I think James Mangold's a pretty good director. I think he's just done some good stuff. I there are I'm definitely kind of mixed on James Mangold. He's done some really good stuff, and then he's done some stuff I'm not the biggest fan of, like uh, what he did. Like Logan, I think is incredibly overrated. I like Logan, but I think it's super overrated. I think it's like a seven out of ten movie. And then the Wolverine. There were some choices in that movie that were just horrible. I do like the movie, especially the director's cut, but man, that third act's bad. But then he's done some movies that I love, like Ford vs. Ferrari and 310 to Yuma, the 310 to Yuma remake. So, I don't know. I think he could be, he could do good, except this is supposed to be more horror. I haven't seen him do horror, I, so I don't know how that would be. But yeah, I think he's a pretty talented director, and there are definitely worse names out there if he's the one tackling Swamp Thing. Uh, Paradise Lost, which is supposed to be the Game of Thrones-style uh, Themyscira show. This is just one of those things where, like, it sounds kind of interesting, but at the same time, it's like it's like when they did, announced a Krypton show for sci-fi, other than it being on sci-fi, which sounded horrible, because why would you put anything on sci-fi? Like, that's the one network that's like, hmm, what's worse than the CW? Sci-fi. <laughs> but other than that, it's like, man, like, there could be some interesting things here, but also, do I really care? I don't know. So, that's how I feel about Paradise Lost. It's like, it could be interesting, but also, I don't know if I care that much. So, we'll see. We got The Authority. I don't know. I never really like got into the authority, but these are also characters that feel like I don't know if they really need to be in like the main DC universe, like their own side thing. I feel like is more interesting, but they're gonna be a big part of it, so we'll see how the, that goes. I like Midnighter, but yeah, I don't know. We got the uh, Green Lantern show, Lanterns, which will be Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Uh, it's supposed to be a. It's gonna be an HBO show. It's going to. Uh, it's gonna be what's it called? True Detective style. They said. So that sounds cool. The premise sounds really cool. The only problem is I feel like they're going to be really limited by their budget. I really feel like there will be a lot of logic flaws in this show where it'll be like, hey, why didn't they just use their ring to do this thing? And it'll be like, well, because they didn't have the budget. And that's what I was saying in my video. I think the Lantern show would work better animated. I think, especially because they said they want to have things like flow in and out of animation, like from animated to live action, which sounds interesting. And if they can do that, 
that Greenland would be a great way to do that. Like, you know, you, when it's on TV, you could do it animated so you don't have to worry about the budget. And then you go to live action and uh, for the movies and boom, you're good. We got an Amanda Waller show, which just is the worst part of this announcement. I do not care about this at all. I don't know why this got greenlit. I think it's just because it's the Peacemaker characters and they're ones that James Gunn, you know, had a huge hand in. So I think that's why. Don't care about Amanda Waller. Uh, she's great in the movies. She's one of the best parts of the movies, but she works in a certain role. She does not work as like a lead in a TV show. And I just don't care about this at all. We got Superman Legacy, which uh, they said is not going to be an origin story. Apparently, uh, Superman's going to be 25, I believe, in it. And uh, so, and also, it's going to be inspired by All-Star Superman. I think when they say All-Star Superman, they mean like the tone of it. Obviously, they're not going to be adapting All-Star Superman because for the first Superman movie to adapt All-Star Superman, that's dumb. That's like, that's like adapting Flashpoint for the first Flash movie. Oh, wait. Uh, but yeah, I, th I think they're just mean like this is a tone we're going for. Maybe like this is the sort like we want the characters to act how they do in that uh, the characterization, which could be good other than Lois. I do not like Lois in All-Star Superman. She's literally just like, oh, Clark, you big klutzy dumb loser. Why can't like you're just a big dumb loser, but Superman's so hot and cool. And then he's like, Lois, I'm actually Superman. She's like, oh, you're hot and cool. And oh, let's go do all these things that I wanted to. And it's like. She's just so selfish in All-Star Superman. I know it's, like, inspired by, like, Silver Age slash Golden Age, like Lois, but I, I don't like it. I don't like that. That's I made a video on it before. That's the one interpretation of Lois that I do not like is All-Star Superman. I love that book. It's great, but it doesn't, like, I it doesn't do... I don't like how it portrays Lois. And also, I've tweeted about this. I love All-Star Superman. It's a great comic, but... Oh boy, is it the most generic Superman book you can name when you're like, what do you want your Superman to be like? On the, like, it, It's All-Star Superman. Whenever someone names, if you ask them like what their favorite Superman comic is, and they say All-Star Superman, I feel like one of those losers that like sees someone in a band shirt is like, like in a Nirvana shirt, it's like, name five Nirvana songs. That's how I feel. If someone names All-Star Superman, I'm like, name five Superman comics. <laughs> That's how I feel like, because it's like, Ulster Superman's great, but it's so much just, like, the one comic everyone knows that everyone likes that you're not going to get criticized for liking, so everyone's just like, uh, All-Star Superman. It's, like, such a generic comic to name. It's great! There's a reason it always gets named, but, man, I really wish that all, a, a lot of people knew that more Superman comics existed other than All-Star Superman, especially there are quite a few better ones as well. Again, I love All-Star Superman, great comic, but, man, the discourse around Superman a lot of the time is just all-star Superman when it comes to these things. And it's like that it shouldn't be that way. Uh, but yeah, then we got so Superman legacy. That'll be interesting because something that I hope they do with this is I hope they cast a Lex. That's not incredibly old. That's one of my pet peeves when it comes to live action Lex. Cause other than like Smallville, Lex is always way older than Superman in live action when that's not the case in the comics. And the comics are supposed to be of similar age. So I don't like when uh, he's always older than him. It completely changes the dynamic, their relationship. I don't like it. I do not like it. He does not need to be older than Superman. Just people always have this thing because he's bald, so he must be way older. It's like, no, use your brain. Uh, so I hope they cast someone that's similar age, considering this Superman's supposed to be 25. Um, when they say no origin, I'm assuming that means no origin for anything, right? Like, that means we're not going to see him, like, you know, landing on Earth and uh, the Kent's taking him in his life in Smallville, him going to Metropolis, becoming a reporter, and becoming Superman. I'm assuming he's going to already be a part of the Daily Planet and already be uh, and already be Superman because he is 25. So I'm assuming this might be like Superman year one. 
Like, we're already past most of the origin stuff, but this is, like, his like his first year being Superman, or year two, like, something some, something around there. That's what it sounds like. Um, but I'm intrigued. They really got to get the casting right, because, man, you just, you fired the best Superman there is. Like, Henry Cavill is literally, like, sculpted by God to be Superman, and you fired him. So if you get, like, man, just... <laughs> Just don't get some, like, stupid idiot to play Superman. Please get someone good. <laughs> uh, we got Creature Commandos, which is an animated show on HBO Max. I'm happy about that. I have more animated stuff. Please give it to me. I'm hoping that's good. We'll see. Uh, we got The Brave and the Bull, which is the Batman movie, which will be based on Grant Morrison's Batman, which I'm fine with that. Grant Morrison's Batman is my second favorite Batman run behind Scott Snyder's. He did a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, Damien's going to be like 10 years old, I think, or like, whatever. Or actually, I don't know if they announced how old Damien is in this, because they said he didn't know about Damien for his first like, 8 to 10 years, but I don't know if that just means, like, I don't know. We'll see how it all goes, but uh, yeah. The, the only problem with this is you have a Superman who's 25 and you're going to have a Batman that's a, a good bit older because he's already fathered Damien, which means he's gone through the other Robins as well. And so that gives us the whole Batman v Superman thing again where you have old-ass Ben Affleck and you got, like, younger Henry Cavill and it's like, why do we have, like, an old Batman and a younger Superman? We're going to have that again. And it's like, man, I would like the dynamic. Like, if we could get something similar to Jeff Loeb's run on uh, Superman-Batman, that would be cool because their relationship's great and they're like of similar age. I prefer when it's like that instead of them just being instead of Batman just being much older. I don't think I think that again, just like with the Lex thing, it changes their dynamic, that relationship. Uh but yeah, I think doing uh Batman Robin is interesting. I think that could be cool. Brave and the bold, I'm down. We'll see how it goes. We have Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which is based on Tom King's comic. I haven't read it. I don't know if it's good. I have no clue. I probably will not read it. But it's Tom King, so I'm. Yeah, he. Yeah, his comics are all about depression, and he makes me depressed just thinking about his existence. So we'll see. He's supposed to have like a decent hand in like helping with writing like future stories for the DC universe. I hate the fact that they chose a Tom King comic to adapt. But also at the same time, I don't care about Supergirl, so that's good. I'm glad if there's a character. I'm glad it was Supergirl. Because I don't care about her character at all. But the problem is she's adjacent to Superman. And so that's the only problem is if he gets his grubby mitts on Superman. Which, Superman Up in the Sky is a good comic. I like it. Tom King accidentally wrote a good Superman comic. I'm not hedging my bet saying that he'll like write a good screenplay for Superman or something if he gets involved later on. Because James Gunn's writing the Superman movie and more than likely going to direct it, it sounds like, too. I, if, I had to, if I had to bet. Um... But yeah, I think that was it. I think that was all we got announced. Uh, we got some of the stuff. Oh, we got the Batman 2 announced, which, duh, we knew that was going to happen. Uh, I believe Aquaman 3 was also confirmed to happen. Uh, Peter Stafford said that like uh, Jason Moe always saw it as a trilogy, so that's cool. Uh, I'm really happy about that because I thought after Aquaman 2 we might not get another one because of the fact that there it looks like he's going to be playing Lobo, but James Gunn said they won't have actors playing more than one role in the DC year, so I don't know how that's going to go. Um, but... I said this before at the beginning when this was all like announced about him possibly playing Lobo. I said that why don't you just have him do it in animation and then he's uh, he's Aquaman live action. And now it looks like that could actually happen because there's a lot of animated stuff. Uh, oh yeah, everything's supposed to be interconnected, which I think with games that makes things really hard. With like you can do that with TV shows and movies, but tying games into it as well and making everything connected. Star Wars tried to do that and it's failed miserably. Like, it's supposed to have, like, everything's canon and everything's connected. But, dude, the second they don't like something when they're doing a story, they just act like it doesn't exist. It constantly happens. 
Uh, so we'll see if DC can do it. I think it's a mistake to try to have every single thing connected. Uh, but well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe James Gunn will be able to do something that other people aren't. Uh, was there anything else with this? Uh, James Gunn commented on Zachary Levi's comment. Uh, he quoted a thing where someone was like, do you think Pfizer is like bad or something? Or And he said 100%. And then everyone tried to cancel him because you have to protect the uh, multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical company from Billy Batson. I thought it was funny because you had a lot of like, I saw some people that were uh, self-described socialists defending the multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical company. So that was very funny to me. They are like, ah, can't like try to get Zachary Levi fired, getting upset about what he said. It's like, yeah, good job. Uh, but James Gunn said that he said actors and filmmakers I work with are going to say things that I agree with and things I don't agree with. And he's saying that like he uh, he said I can't be changing my plans all the time because an actor says something that I don't agree with, which I think is a great way to go about it. Um, yeah, of course he didn't say anything like so horrific that you would have to fire him. He didn't even say anything about the vaccine. He just said Pfizer themselves. And then he retweeted something where they I think had a settlement of like. A, couple billion dollars or something because they screwed up like a decade ago um so yeah it, he didn't say anything about the vaccine so whatever uh and also that's kind of like a that's a take that james gunn has to have because he had his own little thing on twitter <laughs> if you'll remember when he got canceled that's the whole reason this whole dc thing happened because he got canceled disney fired him then dc scooped him up immediately for suicide squad and uh yeah that's the whole reason this thing happened because he got like canceled for a bit uh, that's funny to think about. Uh, that this happened just because James Gunn had some like edgy tweets, and I think that's it as far as the DC stuff from what I can think of. Oh. I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, I'm hopeful. I'm happy that they actually have a plan. I'm happy that they're actually not like just straight up copying Marvel and have their own idea. Uh, and I do like that James Gunn has been tweeting out about the comics and stuff. I think that's cool. And like really letting people know that, Hey, these are the comics and like also DC, like, uh, including comics and like their trailers and things like for the Shazam trailers at the end and stuff. I think that's really cool. And I wonder, I haven't seen anything, but I wonder if we're going to get like an Aquaman trailer at the Super Bowl. Probably not. Cause it comes out in December, but maybe that'd be cool. I don't know. I know we're supposed to get a bunch of Marvel trailers. So Yeah. Also, they said Ezra Miller is, uh, he's going to be possibly continuing. I think, I said it before, I've been saying this a lot, I think they're just saying that to save face on the movie, because I don't think they want to keep Ezra Miller. I think they're just saying that because they don't want to doom their own movie. Because if they say, hey, yeah, Ezra Miller is just a criminal that should be locked up and we don't want him anywhere near our movies, then people are like, well, yeah, I'm not going to go see the movie then. But if you say, oh, he's really committed, he's like in therapy now, you know, he's uh, he just, uh, he'd been a bad boy and had some mental issues, but he's he's in therapy now, so he's working on himself, you know. With that, you you save some face where you can be like, oh, okay, and people like are more interested in going to see the movie, to where if you just outright condemn him, people aren't. That's what I think they're trying to do. Personally, I think he should just rot. I don't <laughs> I don't think Ezra Miller should get this chance. But, of course, when you've invested million, like hundreds of millions of dollars in the movie, of course that's what they're going to do. Uh, and James Gunn came out and said The Flash is one of the best movie, like comic movies he's ever seen. And I do think this movie's probably going to be good because of all everything I've heard from the people I've seen is like people really like the movie, like all the test screenings and everything. Uh, and James Gunn now sticking his neck out for it really hard, saying it's one of the best. Con like, 
I think it's I think it's gonna be really good because of how much DC and WB have been defending the movie and like keeping it because they could axed it, dude. Batgirl got axed without a second thought. Granted, that didn't cost near as much, but still, like they wait, like the Ezra Miller. This isn't a new development. He did this a while ago. They could have cut this off a while ago and saved money, but they didn't. Also, it was funny. Peter Safran came out and said that it was courageous of the of uh, Zavloff, I think that's his name, the Discovery head, to uh, axe Batgirl because he said it was like so bad, it was unreleasable. Which, if you've seen a millisecond of footage from it, it looks horrible. Like all the behind the scenes stuff, all the problems, everything from that movie looked awful. The only thing that was looked kind of interesting was Brendan Fraser, his uh. He, him playing the villain looked like it could be interesting, but everything else looked awful. And Peter Safford just saying, yeah, this movie suck dick is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for the DC stuff. Now we're going to cut to me and Ian talking about The Last of Us. The episode three that came out, which was, I think, the most critically acclaimed episode yet. And it was also the Flash one episode of all time of any TV show ever. And the one episode that uh, deviated from the games heavily so far. So, Quite a bit. Some would say it wasn't even like the games. Yeah. So let's get into The Last of Us. Let's talk about episode three. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, because there's not really a way to talk about it without spoiling it. This, oh, everyone on Twitter was creaming their pants over it. This episode What still is creaming their pants the, over it? Yes. This episode sucks. It's bad. It's really bad. I was very disappointed. Whoa. Because Whoa. Um, Bill's, one my, Bill's one of my favorite characters in the game. And, like, he's a really good character. And his interactions with Ellie are great. And also, he's one of the first characters to really put Ellie in her place as well. Because, you know, Ellie's a really, like, bratty little kid in, in the beginning of the first game. And Joel does his whole, like, Ellie, do this, and then Ellie just doesn't do that, and it's like, oh, well. Like, Bill's, like, the first character to really be like, listen here, you bitch. <laughs> kind of, like, put her in her place. And they have, like, a good spat and, like, back and forth. And I love their interactions. We get none of that because they kill Bill off. If they kill him off for a mediocre love story. Like, they don't they, kill Bill off. He takes his own life. This is, uh, yes, and guess who decided to do that? Writers, Ian. This is not real life. This is a show that was written by people. So, also, it turns out, apparently, this was all pitched by uh, the guy that, that one of the showrunners, the guy that uh, did the Chernobyl series. He pitched this to Neil Druckmann, who was uh, one of the creators of The Last of Us, and Neil Druckmann loved it. That's what I saw on Twitter. So, it was like, oh, yeah, great. Uh, but this is one of those things where it's like, it feels like the bigotry of low expectations, where it's like, if this was a straight love story, I don't think people would like it, because it's not well done. But because it's two dudes that people are like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's like, it's not. It's done pretty poorly. The His love interest, Frank, is insufferable. Oh, he, yeah. like, He's so annoying. In the middle of all... He, he talked about how there were 10 of them, and they all died, and now he's got a gun pointed at his face, and he's stuck in a hole with this guy he doesn't know, and he starts cracking jokes, and it's like, what? Also, how did he get away? Like, we don't know that. He doesn't have a gun or anything, and he just somehow gets away and falls in a hole. I hate that guy. Because, like, I like... Uh, okay, so the good of this episode, because there's not much good... Uh, the the Joel and Ellie stuff is still really good in this episode. I like all the Joel and Ellie stuff in this episode. It's still top notch. That stuff's great. Um, I like seeing. You only get like, for like ten minutes. Yeah, you only get like ten minutes of it. Yeah, like Joel doesn't want to show, doesn't want her to go up and see where like they killed all they these massacred people those people when they were originally transporting people. The government taking you to a safe camp or a QZ, but if they got there and there wasn't room for you, they just killed you. Yeah, and it so, was like, yeah, I like that moment. And then Ellie, Ellie is like talking about how she wanted to fly, and Joel's like, "It wasn't. You're not missing much." And she was like, "Yeah, but you got to go up in the sky." Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, but flying sucks. <laughs> and and I like the little bit uh before Frank showed up where you see like the plan that Bill had and how he like oh, yeah. took this no. town over when everyone left and like he's on doomsday prepper. It like, was this just is his flying dream. preppers is what it was doing. It was the, literally just flying. This preppers. was like his dream essentially because he'd been waiting for this. You know, he had been and called crazy for years and everything. Now finally, it all paid off. I like seeing that little bit. Um, also, side note, as much as a uh, dang it, what's his name? The actor that Nick Offerman. Yeah, Nick Offerman did a good job, but the guy that played Bill in the game is the dude from Deadwood. I can't remember his name. He's so good, and I think he would have done just as good in live action. I think he would have done way better than Nick Offerman. I wish they would have got him. I know they got they got other people from the games like uh Troy Baker and the girl that plays Ellie to play uh like certain roles that we'll see later on. But it would have been cool if they got him to just play because he literally could have because the the character looks just like him in the game too. So it would have worked. It's not like, you know, Troy Baker doesn't look like Joel and the girl that plays Ellie doesn't look like Ellie. Uh, but the guy that plays him is like the perfect age and looks just like him. I wish they would have got him to play Bill in this show. I think it would have been even better. But Although what did Bill do to have that humongous of a house and have all that stuff? I have no clue. Maybe he mentioned stuff with his mom. So maybe his mom was rich. I don't know. I don't know. He has the biggest house in this town. and He has everything you could want. But, oh, everything man i'm so mad they killed him because on top of that part of like a, a big purpose of his character was to show what would happen to joel if he didn't let anyone else in and if he stayed standoffish and was like that that's what what was part of bill's character when you meet him in the game was like this is what would happen to joel if he didn't let anyone else in if he didn't care for ellie if he was just like an asshole he would turn into this and his his character was kind of like a lesson it was like cool but no in this it's like no he, Bill can't be bad. He has to, you know, he goes out with his lover, and it's like, this is not interesting at all. They go out, and they invite friends over, and they show them the, they show them the area, and yeah. they clean up the town, and that's another thing. Like, they only show raiders attacking once. With how nice this thing is set up, wouldn't you expect them, like, that should have been a way bigger part of the episode, I thought, was raiders coming yeah. and attacking that place. I agree. Also, that part was, like, stupid as can be. Bill oh. is oh, in yeah. the middle of the road with a hunting rifle, like a bolt-action hunting bolt rifle, action. in the middle of the road with no cover. And it was like, what? This is so dumb. Like, the logistics of this is just dumb. Well, also, it's funny because before you had that scene, you had the scene of Joel and Tess coming and talking with them, and Joel's like, Raiders will come, and they won't be fooled by your tripwires or this or and that. They They'll get through that fence. The traps, and yeah. they get destroyed by all his traps. Yeah. Like, they can't get through anything. The one and time, like, like, the 20 years, they, uh, they Yeah, destroyed. it's like, no one, people weren't ready for this at all. Um, my big issue is you can't let make gas last for 20 years like that. So I don't I know didn't, how he's getting I didn't gas. care about that. that. Whatever, I didn't care about that. Uh, I, man, just, <sighs> Frank was so annoying. Frank was just so. Frank was very pretentious for a guy in an apocalypse. He's very pretentious. He felt like he didn't fit in at all. Like he, he really felt like he didn't fit in at all. Like I still liked Bill, but Frank was just annoying. And like that's that's the problem. If you have a love story where you don't like one character, it doesn't work. And also Bill like is... how fast they, I guess like Bill's just like this Doom's prepper incel. So I guess that's why he fell so hard. But it is weird for like a Doom like a like a Doomsday prepper guy. Who you think would be smart would just instantly fall for this yeah, dude he doesn't, and he doesn't, just he, let him in. Not, it's like this dude could take advantage of you, and, like kill yeah, you, and like he, take everything you work not, for. He, yeah, he's not like he's not prepared not for anything. He, like well, they showed him being this prepper that was ready for everything, and he and the guy he lets this guy in his house, and he doesn't he like watch him so roll fast. Right yeah, it's really, really kind of dumb. Yeah, that, oh man, it's just and so you just have this really like because it's funny because in the beginning Ian like mentioned he's like oh this is the first episode to not open up with a flashback. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, we go the to a flashback, and flashback. that's the entirety of the episode. And it's just really, like, 
boring because the love story is not executed well. I I really do think the only reason people like this is because it's a gay love story. I think if it was a straight love story, people would have like they would have their glasses clear and be like, oh yeah, this isn't executed. Yeah, they'd be like, why was he not on high alert? Why did he kill this person immediately? Why he let them in the house? Why is he letting him shower? Why is he going and doing this? Why is he immediately these two characters don't feel like they have chemistry? It feels really forced. Like it's like. it just didn't feel it was it was just done so poorly and so boring and just not and good. so much different from the games so yeah. much different from the game yeah because like we knew they were going to take liberties in the game they already taken a couple liberties but they stayed pretty faithful for the most part like very faithful uh and then this episode they just went sh- way off and man it was just so much more interesting the game like when you find uh was it, i believe you find frank like hanging and yeah. there's like notes around as well and you see that like frank grew to ha- frank and bill grew to hate each other hate and like each they other. had completely different philosophies and instead of this like oh we have different ways we think about things but we we love each other the same yeah. and we're gonna in the, uh... in, the, in the game they're like i would rather go die than spend one more day with you it's the exact opposite in the in the show because it's like it's that thing that a lot of tv has which is weird um where like gay people aren't people they're extra good people they can't be bad yeah, it's they're... weird um it, it happens with some uh, i actually heard a what's it, camille nanjiani i think is his name the the guy from uh from kenobi you know the uh like the yeah, pakistani yeah. he was talking about how he uh he gets a little upset because but every time there's like a person of color gets cast, like he gets cast and stuff, he can't be a villain because they don't want to portray him as a bad guy. And he's like, that's boring. And it's like, it's kind yeah. of similar with gay people, with LGBT people where it's like, no, that they're so afraid. It's like, we can't have them be bad or be morally gray. They have to be extra good people. Like they yeah, have to be like, very wholesome. It's like, could, no, they're they just people, people just like everyone else. They, could, they just have sex with people. different people. That's it. I don't understand. They could, they couldn't grow apart. And, uh, and I thought that'd be good for the game to show you that, like, yeah, even if you for still care about someone, you could you still have very different views as these people did, and sometimes that's that's not compatible. Yeah. But this game, it was a perfect relationship. And then they kill themselves at the end. Well, yeah. one of them's dying. The one Frank's dying of cancer, so Bill decides to kill himself. Yeah, and I um, cause the whole episode, I thought, okay, we're just gonna get the love story explained, and then we're gonna get Bill in the uh in the main timeline, like in the sorry not main timeline in the actual present like day. present day and uh but then when they jump to the like 2023 and bill looks super old i was like he did not look that old in the games i was like is he going to die that's when my first thing went off i was like oh no are they gonna kill him and they did i was like oh come on really this is how it goes out oh man Enough bill to kill a horse it was just it was just done so poorly and it man, doesn't I... and, and it didn't advance the story at all the only thing it advances it gives Joel and Elliot Carr. Yeah. And supplies. But besides that, it didn't advance the story at all. Yeah. I did, uh, I'll say I liked the note part. Like, that part was good. When he's like, use this to take care of Tess. It was like, ooh. That part was good. I like that. Well, the rules, you don't mention Tess's name. That was, that was said. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just, but, man, you it can really. advance the story. <laughs> you can really just watch 10 minutes of this episode and skip everything else. You can watch the beginning, skip, and then watch the end. Because <laughs> this episode's just bad. Oh, man, it just was not good. I'll try. Is there anything else in the episode you, uh, you can think about to talk about? Um, Ellie gets in the car for the first time. She doesn't know how to use a seatbelt, which is kind of funny because it's something like you just don't, you don't think about. Yeah, because um, she was born during this time, so that's all she knows. Still have like. no idea how they're going to have gas to go across the country 2,000 miles. And I was saying, like, I, I saw in the preview for next week, they're having to use actual maps. That would suck. Yes. Could you imagine having to navigate in a post-apocalyptic, not even a post-apocalyptic world, just imagine trying to navigate, like, Buffalo, New York with a, with a map? You know? 
like yeah. from right now from Seattle and be like, how do we get there? Like, where are we at? Trying to figure out markers, not alone in a place that's overgrown with terrible roads, not knowing where you're going. Like, um, uh, I would say, even if they were going to do the flashbacks in this episode, I think there's a mi- real miss with all the Raiders stuff. Like, they, the one time we see Raiders are like the most in, like the, the dumbest Raiders possible. And they can't even get close to the house. Like Dylan said, the guy is standing in the middle of the open, not by it. He has cover around. He's just standing he's in the, the... for this guy that's prepped the whole like, time. And with all have, that, like... we saw the guns he's had uh, yeah. in his basement, and he has, like, a bolt-action hunting rifle. It's like, that yeah. is not what you want when you have we multiple saw, perpetrators AK. there. Oh, yeah, also, uh, Ellie gets a gun that behind Joel's back. Yeah, because that's, like, in the game, uh, Bill gives her her first gun. If I remember correctly, I believe Bill gives her her first gun, so they kind of yeah. still did that in a way. Uh, so like she gets the gun behind Joel's back. He doesn't know she has a gun. Um, uh, it's just a waste because that town would be a great place to like set up like a new civilization if you could. Um, it's like ten miles outside Boston. Did not like the. That's another funny thing is, and we wouldn't have known this because we just came back from Boston. The scenery around Boston they're showing is not Boston, not even close to it. I mean, we didn't go all the way around, so who knows? And also, it's been an apocalypse and stuff, so I don't really care about that. No, I'm not really complaining that much. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know. There's a lot of misopportunities, and like I said, this this episode didn't advance the plot forward, like, at all. No, and it wasn't an interesting deviation. It felt... It felt kind of like, um, you won't know this because you don't watch the show, but Avatar Last Airbender, like, a really bad attempt at that. Last Airbender would have these uh, episodes where it would be filler, not advance the plot at all, but it would give you more on the characters you like, so you'd like those characters anymore, even more. And it was done but really well. But these characters well. are dead now! And it, yes, that matter. too as well. The characters are dead, so you're fleshing out a character that doesn't exist and isn't going to be in the show forward, so it's kind of weird. Uh, it's like, but yeah, point? And it was done so poorly, it was like, this is just... It, it actually did feel kind of like a really horrible Last Airbender episode, like an attempt at that. Where it's like, we're going to do this thing that doesn't advance the plot at all, but also doesn't give you anything to watch that you enjoy. It's just bad. But man, Twitter just saw the oh, dumbest tweets we're gonna, all we're gonna, it, Whoever listens to this, I'm sure most people disagree with us because people were fawning over this episode. Yes, it is so amazing. Oh man, the strawberries part. Oh, it's like, I didn't care at all. It's like, I do not. I do not care. I just don't care. <sighs> Um, I wonder what the flashback will be for next week. Maybe we'll see how the roads get. Well, hopefully, it doesn't last an hour. That's all I'm saying. I don't uh, need an hour flashback on like Joel's ex girlfriend or something. Please, no. I don't need anything like that. Just give me some. Give me something the modern day. Yeah, what's another funny thing is when they first have dinner with Joel and Test, he literally has a gun holding at Joel the whole time, but when he has dinner with the one guy, he doesn't have a gun or anything. I think he did have a gun, I'm pretty sure, did he? actually. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had oh, the he gun. Oh, he might there. have it strapped. Yeah. I don't remember. No, I think he had yeah, it on I'm the wrong. table, actually. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he had it on the table at first. Oh, well, then I'm wrong. But then they then. play piano and he melts. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets sucked off. Oh, guy has been prepping for years with the exact scenario. He has he comes across one person that he decides not to kill, and uh, I guess you I guess he was just that horny. I think he was just an incel, dude. I think that's what yeah. it was. I think he's just like a doomsday prepper incel. He's like, oh man, and that was like the equivalent of like a bad bitch for like an old gay guy. He's like, oh snap, silver there fox. Was, there was there was some yeah. man like the show's been so like, and the games are like more like had the, like, real gritty feeling, and then you just have this guy that's 
got this like peppy dialogue in the middle of it that's just like cracking jokes and it's like ah, you blah 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 and it's like what why is this guy here who the hell know. is what i yeah, hate this guy <laughs> like when he's got uh, talking about how like 10 of us there were 10 of them and so he's obviously the 10th guy and the other nine people died and he's just cracking jokes and like be it all happens like what what do you mean what is going on is uh, it's just so poorly done uh, I'm still looking forward to episode four. Hopefully they actually follow the game pretty soon. We're going to get the part. I'm assuming they're going to do the part from the game where, uh, where Ellie saves Joel and that he finds out she has a gun. It's like, what? So that'll be interesting. Oh yeah. Next episode, we're going to get the part from the game where, uh, where they go against some Raiders where the one dude's like, help. And Joel just runs him over. So, um, and then Joel just completely reverses from that. in The second game is like, hello, my name is Joel Miller. We live down the street. Do you know who we are? We are from the first last of us. Hi, Abby. And then, oh, no. I so, wonder, I wonder, because most people hate that. It split the fan base. Uh, there was like, want- it was very much a lot. I feel like most fans didn't like it. The critics loved it and ate it up and were like, like Last Jedi, uh, subvert your expectations types. Well, like this is amazing. I didn't want this at all, and it was horribly executed. So it's very good. Uh, so yeah, but there were some fans that like it. But I feel like for the most part, a lot of the fan base didn't like it. But it kind of just split the fan base. But that was also something that was interesting about that. Um, so between Last of Us One and Two, uh, like half of Naughty Dog quit. The co-director of the first game left. A bunch of the developers left. A bunch of the writers left. Neil Druckmann stayed, who was also co-director of the first one. And something that was interesting was his initial pitch for the first Last of Us had uh, Tess be essentially Abby. So the doctor that Joel would kill at the end of the first game would be Tess's brother and the game wouldn't end there. You would keep going and Tess would come with like a band of like 60 people or whatever for you to fight and she'd capture you and torture Joel. She'd capture Joel and torture him and whatever. Why does he hate Joel so much? And then, um, and then Ellie would come in and right before she would kill him, Ellie would kill Tess. The co-director of the game potentially said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard and cut it out. And so, and, um, uh, Neil Druckmann even said, like, he's a very dark guy, and the co-director helped balance him out with not so much, like, dark themes and things. So, it's it, – from what I've read, it seems like when the second game came out, when everyone quit, Neil Druckmann then kind of surrounded himself with a bunch of yes-men that were like, yes, you created The Last of Us. You are genius, best of all time. Kind of similar to what happened to George Lucas in between, uh, you know, Oof. the original trilogy and the prequels, where it's like, oh, yeah. he has all these people questioning what he wants to do. He has all these people that are helping him with it. And then the prequels come along. It's like, you are a god. You created Star Wars. You, whatever you say is amazing. Kind of similar okay. to what happened to The Last of Us, where, like, everyone that could hold uh, Neil Druckmann accountable quit, and Neil Druckmann got elevated and got surrounded by yes-men. And so then you just get the last of us two which uh has a lot of just not great things in it but some people like it good for them if you like it good for you um but yeah it is very interesting reading about that how he wanted to do the whole abby thing in the first game with tess which sounds horrible because imagine tess being the bad guy in the first game and capturing joel that sounds so dumb like oh my goodness that sounds so dumb uh, but then he just did it again in the second game with Abby. So that was funny. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's much else to talk about. Uh, thank you guys for uh, listening. Oh, I mean, Phil Spencer said that uh, he wants the Halo TV show to reach the same height as the Last of Us TV show. Well, oh. 
did he ever consider having said, a single person that worked on the? He said, uh, "This is his quote. This is his quote. I want the best for everything that we work on, Halo television series included. I think there's some differences there, but I don't think that's the point of the question of hey." Last of Us is out there setting an incredibly high bar. Should we all aspire to reach that same bar with the work that we do in television? Absolutely. I can say the same thing in video games. Well, he might yeah. he might want to hire someone just, to work on the show that's played one of the games. Maybe you should just hit the bar at, like, medium level, okay, Phil? Because y'all were... Oh, I'm so or maybe you get that. someone that actually likes Halo at all to work on it, you know? Instead of a guy that is proud he's never played the games that's doing your show. Why does Hollywood like to do that? I just Maybe because you have a bunch of losers, that, a bunch of talentless losers that have ideas that no one will watch their ideas because they're horrible. So they slap a, a an established IP that has a fan base imagine, on it to get views. It happens all imagine, the time. Imagine if Master Chief was just transported to the Last of Us, he would just murk that whole world. Freaking, know, they dude. couldn't. They couldn't do anything. I don't know. Abby's. Chief. I think Abby's more jacked than Master Chief. No. I think Abby Chief with her golf club destroyed. just clubbed no. Master Chief. I don't Master think he'd stand a chance. Oh my goodness. Jacked, would jacked Abby murders Master Chief. Why'd they make her like that too? That's so weird. Jacked, dude. She like who like drew the content art for her? It is like, very yeah. funny when the like the middle of the game fight that happens between her and Ellie. It's hilarious because she looks like Hulk Hogan and she's slapping around Ellie. It's so funny looking because it's like this deeply serious dark game, and then you just have this ridiculous looking woman that looks like she's straight out of like China Black out of WWE, just slapping Ellie around. It's like whoa, it's so funny. If it was self aware, it would be oh man. But no, they're playing. It's even better that it's not self aware. They're playing it so serious because like this giant roided out woman is just beating the tar out of Ellie. It's very funny. I encourage if you're listening to this, you haven't seen that. I encourage you to look that up on YouTube when they fight in, like the middle of the game. It is watching. so funny. I stopped. I I I stopped watching like the movie version of The Last of Us Two because I was like the story sucks. We watched all the cutscenes. Oh, so you missed the part where Ellie learned Vi-Winch bad and revenge bad. I watched the ending, which was really dumb. Vi-Winch bad, revenge bad. But there's a lot of Ellie playing guitar in the second one. Yeah, but then she gets her fingers bitten off by Abby. So it's so dumb. Rip playing guitar. F and chat. <laughs> Can't wait for season that. two. <laughs> I wonder uh, if they'll stop at season two. They said they're not gonna go beyond the game. So yeah, I don't even know um, what they do for the third game, honestly. Uh, well, Ellie's still alive. Yep. Do you, I don't? I don't know. I think I might quit watching this after season one because I don't want to watch it all die. I'll still watch season two. I'll see how it is. I don't really like. See, I thought the Last of Us two story sucked ass, but I'll still watch. Why does two. HBO have to get? Why did Showtime have to get Halo, not HBO? We're also Freaking... side note. We're getting a um. I don't know when it comes out, but I remember last year, like hearing word about, we're getting a Fallout TV show with Walton Goggins is going to be a part of it on Amazon Prime. So that's but like that's that weird. Be you can do so that you can do so much different stuff with that. I did. I'll say this. The one thing that shows made me want. I want a Red Dead. HBO show so bad. That's what I've seen so everyone bad. on Twitter saying. I think that would probably be what their one of their top series. Like you could do, and you could just put that straight from the video games, right? Like, yeah. Um, I think I'd really love to watch that. Like that, I think that I think HBO has shown that they they just make they make the best streaming stuff. I think overall, quality wise. So. Yeah. But this episode was a dud. Yeah, this episode sucked. I'm thinking episode four will be good though, but who knows? As long, I just really hope they don't they don't ever like get this far away from the source material again. I right, this was this was bad. Don't 
don't do that Naida or HBO I should say this is stick with the game please for this one you know what the second one change as much as you want but they won't because the second one was even more bite because neil Druckmann directed that himself to where the first one he had another dude so the second one he's gonna like adapt his baby uh so yeah we'll see how it goes anyways thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you later bye